Welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet, the go-to podcast for parents with multiple kids, especially those with twins, triplets, or more, who are navigating the maze of modern family life and personal finance. Whether you're overwhelmed by education or retirement planning, parenting dilemmas, career transitions, or trying to define your purpose and plan, we're here to guide you with empathy, encouragement, and expertise. Hosted by Paul Fenner, founder of Tama Capital, a certified financial planner and parent to four kids, including a set of triplets, our podcast is your ally in the quest for financial peace of mind, proving that money matters, but family comes first. Subscribe now and join our community of empowered parents at TamaCapital.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Tama may retain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. What does comprehensive financial planning even mean? At Tama Capital, it means a family office where lifestyle planning such as retirement, college, portfolio management, tax prep and planning, all are under one umbrella. But it goes beyond numbers. We focus as much on the emotional side of financial planning as we do on the financial side. We get you. We understand your challenges of building a family, business or career, and a healthy life. We are devoted to wealth planning for families like yours because we are you. Learn how our family can help your family by visiting TamaCapital.com. What would frequent relocations mean to your career? How would you be able to handle the constant transitions? Michelle Zach has seen her share of transitions as a former army officer. But as Michelle moved from military to civilian life, her husband remained in the military still requiring constant relocations. Finding a career that could move with her was a daunting task. Ultimately, she decided to control her own destiny. That's when Michelle was able to carve out opportunities on her own, leading to her launching 4Tabs Design. Michelle shares her process of identifying her passions and strengths, creating opportunities for herself, and acknowledging the element of luck involved in finding the right clients and platforms for her work. Please enjoy my conversation with Michelle Zach. Michelle Zach, welcome to the Emotional Balance Sheet Podcast. Thank you so much, Paul. I'm really excited to be here. I am too. So before we hit record, and I say this every episode now, it's like I should just hit record from the very beginning because I I start asking questions. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Let me let me let me let me hit record so we can actually get this for our our audience. But um, as we're going to get into your background, which you have a military background, uh, which is phenomenal. Um, But I think you're the first military mom that I've actually had in a, a conversation with. So I'm really excited uh, to learn about. Um, the life transitions that you've been through, which are are numerous, and as we were talking, your your husband currently just got deployed uh, within the last couple of days, and so now you're back to being single mom. So I'm I'm really interested to learn <laughs> learn how that how that uh, that life goes. So 
Um, so why don't we, we back up and and have you walk us through um, who you are for our audience, and then we'll kind of deep dive into some of the topics we want to talk about today. Sure. Uh, my name is Michelle Zach. I'm the owner and designer of Four Tabs Design. It is a Shopify web design studio helping um, creatives bridge the gap between their creative vision and business strategy. So when so do you actually design, is it a specific site designed for Shopify or is it like a, a, a typical like website that you would design or both? It, I only design Shopify websites. So Shopify, in my biased opinion, is like the gold standard of e-commerce platforms. So I build websites on the Shopify platform. So that sounds like it's a pretty specific niche. So my, I guess my natural question is, well, how did you dive into that? And, and I'm sure that it's connected to many different threads of your life. Yeah, I've, I've always had a creative side of me that I never knew how to let out. I don't think I'm a visionary artist or anything, but I've always wanted to do something creative. But my strengths that I found, especially through the military, is very much strategy, project management, and you know, getting from point A to B in the most efficient way possible. So it was really hard for me to find something that you know had my creative passion and my more analytical skills until I found Shopify websites. So let's go back and start with how did you end up in the military? Like what drove your decision to, to go in the military? Like what branch, what did you do and how did that experience go? And how long were you in for? Um, so I went through the ROTC program in college uh, when I was in high school. Um, I loved my parents, but I felt like if I stuck around long enough, I would be failure to launch. So I, I was looking for full paid four-year tuition scholarships and an ROTC was it. And I, as I thought more about it, I was like, oh, I'll have like some really good experience under my belt. I'll get to travel um, and just see where this goes. So I went through the ROTC program um, in college. I commissioned as an army officer uh, in the engineer branch. Uh, and as soon as I um, commissioned and graduated, I started uh, horizontal construction, which is road building for the Army. And then we did one year, um, almost one year uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, and then I came back and decided since my I met my husband in ROTC and he was an active duty officer too. Um, but both of us being in the military was just a little bit too much. So I decided to step back and and do the reserve. So as a reservist, uh, you don't do the army full time. You do training one weekend a month and uh, a larger training for two weeks during the year. So how was I've I've know very little about the ROTC program. Can you walk us through like what is that what is that like? And then obviously you go through college, but then do you have a certain level of commitment or years that you have to commit to after that's after you're through that? Yeah. So in ROTC, um, you do about one three hour course every week. Um, and you get in uniform all day that day. Um, you do training exercises. We were in Boston. 
So it, like in the middle of this city, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but there's um, a, kind of like a park that goes along the Charles River called yes. the Esplanade. And uh, we would do our training exercises in uniform with, you know, uh, fake rubber guns yelling bang, bang in the middle of this park where people were biking, walking, you know, eating ice cream. <laughs> and we would be there in uniform um, with our instructors around um, just, you know, learning how to be uh, in the army. So, so if I was a jogger, like running bikes, I know that that area is pretty popular. Um, and unfortunately we're recording this the day after the Celtics just <laughs> lost in the Eastern conference <laughs> finals in game seven. Uh, but I'm a big Boston fan. So like how, how were people reacting when you guys were doing ROTC drills? We would have uh, huge signs on the perimeter of where we were training um, and that, you know, we would say training and pro we'd make it really clear that, you know, we weren't, we weren't there to harm anybody. We were just trying to train. Um, but I, it was uh, enough of a normal experience for the joggers and the bikers and the walkers where they would just look and see what's going on and then go about their their day. So, so at what point did you know, I, well, I guess, let me back up. So how long were you in the army for? I was in the army for 11 years, four years active duty and seven years in the reserve. Okay. And then you have, um, two younger kids, correct? Yes. A two-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy. So at what, at what point did you and your husband talk about, okay, you know, having you both in the military, um, actually, well, did you make that decision before you had kids or after kids from a timing standpoint? Um, for a timing standpoint, it was definitely after active duty. Um, that was part of my decision to go into the reserve is there's no way that we could both be active with kids. I, I mean, people do it all the time and I, I don't know how <laughs> they do it. They make it work, but for us, it wasn't the right decision. Yeah, that would seem like a Herculean feat because you never necessarily know like when you're going to get deployed, correct? Uh you have you have some time um but it's it never feels like enough to be fully prepared. So with the family situation. So as we we just talked about your your husband's now on deployment. So I know it's hard enough being a a a parent when your spouse or partner is there. Uh, let alone like when they're not. So what is what is that like? Because it's not like, like I know my wife, Teresa, she travels quite a bit for work, but she's gone for maybe four or five days at the most. Like your husband's going to be gone, I think you said until like September. So what is what is that like? Um, I fortunately have a lot of family around. Uh, that's why we chose to live here in Colorado Springs. Um, and they've just been so helpful. It's it's important to have a really solid support system. Um, and we have military friends here too who are are sticking around. And so, you know, just leaning on the the help of others is is really what gets us through the day. It's that whole uh, phrase, it takes a village. I know when we For had sure. our triplets almost, well, I guess 12 and a half years ago now, that's how we ended up settling back in in Michigan, uh, cause I was actually 
living in North Carolina. This was before I started um, my family office firm, Tama. And, you know, I had family in Michigan, Teresa, my wife, you know, her immediate family was here in the Metro Detroit area. And I vowed, you know, I think for the fourth or fifth time, I was never moving back to the state of Michigan. And uh, through the, through the short straw, once we found out, we went from having one kid to having triplets in about an eight week span. So um, I, I totally get the family support. I, I often hear from, uh, from that, that perspective that um, the army or, or military in general, army, Navy um, has this really tight knit group of, of community. Is that, is that a fair statement? Do you, is that something you and your husband experienced? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just this shared experience that is pretty unique. And so we bond over that. A lot of the times our, our children are the same age. Um, our, our families are intertwined with work and friendships. And there are a lot of opportunities to meet and socialize and really grow those bonds. So yeah, it is, it's a very tight-knit community. So how was it? Was it a difficult decision or transition going from full-time army to reservist? For me, it wasn't. Um, I I enjoyed the military lifestyle, the camaraderie of the the units, and you know, working with a diverse group of people to get the one thing accomplished. And so I. I wasn't ready to completely let that go, but I knew I had other goals. So transitioning into the reserves was really exciting for me to hold on to what I really enjoyed, but also explore new opportunities. So with that transition, when you when you left military, did you go right into being an entrepreneur or what was there was there journey were there multiple journeys or steps, I guess, along the way from from that point to where you're at today? Oh, multiple. <laughs> so um, I tried right away to be an entrepreneur, but I really had no idea uh, what it entailed. And and the first thing I wanted to do was was work in fashion and be a, a personal stylist. Um, I've like I said, I've always had that that creative side. Um, before going into the ROTC program, I tried to convince my parents to go to fashion school and, you know, being the traditional Asian parents, they were, they, <laughs> that they just wasn't an option. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so it, it was always just kind of like a, a side hustle, helping friends shop and, and feel really good about themselves and their bodies. And so I, I started, um, personal styling. And I did a, an internship for a celebrity stylist in LA and quickly realized like that was not my path <laughs> through that, that opportunity. How does one get an internship with a celebrity? <laughs> um, I, I went to a, a short like fashion styling school where after you graduate, you get into this network of, of celebrity stylists because they were celebrity stylists themselves and they had that network open. So they would email out job opportunities, internship opportunities. And I, I leapt on one of those. 
And I was very fortunate to to get one and have that experience, even though I realized it wasn't for me. <laughs> so from 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 personal stylist, then then where do you go next? So it was that job was in LA. Uh, once I figured out it wasn't for me, I started looking for other creative opportunities in LA, and um, I landed a marketing job for a, a global brand in their licensing department. So this brand was all over the world, but they didn't make their own products. They licensed it out to different manufacturers. And I became the kind of gatekeeper of that brand. Yes, you can make this. Yes, you can make the logo in this way. Or no, you can't. You have to change this. So I learned a lot about marketing and branding and brand strategy through that position. So what what ultimately got you into Spotify then? Uh, for Shopify, yes. For Shopify. Um, yeah. Spotify. <laughs> Shopify. Um, well, the, the military. So we had to move. Um, and so that just wasn't an opportunity anymore. I, this was before working remotely was a normal thing. So um, we moved to Fort Benning, Georgia. Uh, definitely not LA. Um, <laughs> About the polar opposite, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so while my son was in preschool, I went to the boutique across the, the street um, and the shop owner was there and, you know, she was wonderful, chatted me up and she just casually dropped that she was um, working on building a website. Um, and so I kind of leapt on that opportunity. I said, hey, are you looking for help? I, I have some marketing experience. I know I can, I can figure this out. And she took a chance on me. Um, I worked with her. I got to know her boutique, her customers, her processes. And um, I just, she let me figure it out for her. So basically she was already running her own Shopify store then? She was she was starting to build one, yeah. Okay, because I would imagine it, it, that's. I think we kind of take it for granted now that we're, I guess, three years post pandemic. The flexibility that I guess a lot of people now have. I mean, obviously, there's you know corporations that are trying to rein back in flexible schedules, but given your situation and and you you're relocating every what two to three years, like how is how do you <laughs> How do you find something like a career? Because I know in working with, um, uh, there's a company called Squared Away and they mm -hmm. specifically, you, you're shaking your I've head. I've heard you, of them. You've yes. heard of yeah. them. Yeah. So Squared Away, plug to them. Um, they hire military spouses, mainly wives that basically become executive slash personal um, virtual assistants for basically any kind of business and they are phenomenal to work with the 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 messaging or the branding or the the i guess really the cause behind it is phenomenal because the person that started it i think her name is Michelle as well um she was in the same predicament she would she, her husband was in the military she'd be like moving every 2 to 3 years and she's like you know couldn't couldn't find a job or couldn't hold a job because she was always moving and so she came up with this idea and it just has taken off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think this 
I mean, don't quote me on this stat, but it is something like military spouses, their unemployment rate is three times higher than the national average because of the the frequent moves uh, and the inability to, you know, work remotely in most cases. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know what the stat is either, but I would I would assume that it's it's a higher it's a high multiple like that. So mm-hmm. so yeah. so you start you you randomly walk across the street, you make a connection with <laughs> with, with with this woman, and then and then how how does that develop? Like how's how's the rest of the story go? As Paul Harvey would used to say. <laughs> um, well, I she is. The woman, the friend who speaks your name in a room full of opportunities. And so she had a lot of other creative friends, um, shop owners, boutique owners in the area who, you know, saw what I was doing, saw what she was doing with her store and asked like, hey, you know, what's going on? How are you building your online store? And she said, oh, I have this girl, Michelle. She is phenomenal. She has helped me really build systems and and create an online store where I I know what my goal is and it's working toward that and I see it. So um she really she sold me <laughs> to her friends. It was it was incredible. And I found that I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the women that I was working with, being around their creativity and seeing their passion and being able to organize that for them in a way that moves them forward. It felt really gratifying to me as well. So I would I would imagine in your in your role now as a as an entrepreneur, there's some kind of balance you strike between that right brain, um, you know logistics, if you will, and left brain creativity. I think that's the right and the right and the left brain. Like, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you balance that, that out? Because I, I know being, you know, uh, you know, running my own family office, um, you know, there's, there's no shortage of, of things to work on, but they can be polar opposites. I can be working on portfolio management and, and doing a tax analysis and then having to go and do a, an interview, a podcast like this, that's, you know, for more marketing and branding purposes? Mm -hmm. It's, um, for me, it's, (laughs) my mind is like minority report (laughs) where you see, you know, the end goal and the creatives have so many wonderful, brilliant ideas, um, but they need help getting there and they need help putting those ideas together in a way that, you know, moves the needle forward. And so, my mind, I see what their end goal is. And I start just working backwards. I see, okay, this is where they have their customers. This is how the customers interact with them. And I just start trying to connect the dots and working backwards and creating a step-by-step process that way for them, Um, you know, through websites that makes it easy both for them to manage their business and for their their clients to shop. Um, I I can't describe it any other way than than Minority Report. Um, my my business name is Four Tabs Design, and that's because I always have four tabs open in my brain. <laughs> you know the the career aspect, the mom aspect, the um, the wife aspect and um, the me as a person. 
um, you know, taking care of myself. And so that is, that is just how my brain works. That's, that's a really, really unique way, Michelle, of describing it. Cause I was, just, that wasn't <laughs> going to be my follow-up question. Like four tabs, what does four tabs mean? But, oh my, that's, that's a pretty elegant way of, of, of putting things. So, so what was that? So mom, yourself, wife, and what was career career? Yeah. So do you, do you find, well, first I'm, I'm interested in a, how people find you and, and I guess be the follow-up question to that would be what kind of people find you are, 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 is it people that are wanting to do something on their own, like a, like a, a military spouse that, you know, can't necessarily, you know, have a, a, you know, nine to five career because of the moves or somebody that's a, a stay at home parent, female or male. Um, so what's the, what's the, What's your client tell like? Are they coming to you like without having an idea of anything at all? They just have this idea of wanting to do something from a from a business standpoint. Most of my clientele in the past have been through referrals and word of mouth. Um, good people know good people, and creative people know creative people. So I've been really fortunate in that sense where. They have mentioned me when a friend said they needed help with their website, selling on their website. Um, And I also um, have really made it a point every time we move to create my own community as well of of small business owners. Um, I think to really get to know a community, you really have to dive into the small businesses of that community. And so I've been doing a lot of networking with fellow female entrepreneurs um, and enjoying that kind of camaraderie and, um, you know, uh, you know, not feeling alone in my business, even though I am a solopreneur. I think that's one of the, I, I know I mentioned it on one of the episodes over the last two and a half years. That was one of the hardest transitions for me when I left my you know, full-time corporate career and came into Tama um, full-time was, you know, pretty outgoing, very social. And all of a sudden I was in a, you know, box where I looked to my left, there's a wall, I looked to my right, there's a wall in front of me, <laughs> behind me. And that that social interaction, I totally underestimated what that transition was going to be like. And, you know, I started trying to tweak my my day where like, if I didn't, if I didn't have a lot of meetings with people. And this obviously was before COVID, you know, I would work in my home office, um, in the, in like in the morning and then the afternoon I'd go to the library or a Starbucks or a Panera somewhere just to get out for a change of scenery and be around people, even though I'm, you know, probably was working with my headphones on. So mm-hmm. I, I often wonder what that transitions like for, for other people that have gone from, you know, more, you know, traditional job or role to, being on your own. Yeah, the the lack of structure I I struggled with. Army, it's all structured. There somebody <laughs> has already done it before and yeah. there you is, went from one extreme to the other. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a manual for you to do it. And so um that that lack of structure, I mean, I still struggle with that. There's no um, you know, set rhythm to my week or or my day. Um, but I know I really just 
need a, a place to go. And, and every week I have a meeting with other female entrepreneurs where um, I can just talk about business with other women, women who also want to talk about their business and see how we can help each other um, succeed. One of the actually things I want to go back to, to, to your four tabs analysis is how do you, how do you, and the word I use is how do you create harmony, harmony around those four? Um, I think a lot of people will use the word, you know, balance, like work-life balance. And, um, you know, I've often said this on, uh, you know, with, with several guests as well as like, I, I always visualize this teeter totter. And when people say work-life balance, they, I think they have this vision of that things very parallel and life as we know does not work that way there's times when your career is you know very demanding and needs more attention than your family and then there's other times when your family needs that that time and attention more so than than your career so how do you michelle harmonize your four tabs oh <laughs> well, i don't know if i would describe my four tabs as harmonious it it certainly feels a little bit chaotic, but I'm, I'm pretty consistent in, you know, doing what matters in the long run and thinking about the processes. So, um, you know, like home cooked meals, like I don't do home cooked meals, you know, seven days a week, but am I thinking about the kids nutrition and, you know, feeding them in a way that doesn't make me tear my hair out? Like, I think that's what's important. And, you know, for my business, um, I don't necessarily have to have a consistent work schedule, but I am very consistent about meeting my clients' needs and making sure that they're happy and communicating often. So I kind of prioritize the process over the um over the the way that that it happens, everything having to be a certain way. Um, so letting go of expectations, but keeping to my, my priorities of the process. And if I'm just thinking sense. back to like how you talked to us so far about the, the whole structure of the army. I think that's, <laughs> that had to be incredibly almost painful uh, because, because of that, because especially like army or, you know, if you have a corporate career, it, it can be very regimented and you, you have that, that structure. And some people will be like, well, I'm just taking my head and beating against that, that wall. Um, but then to go, you know, 180 and not to have any of that structure and you have to, to build that yourself, mm -hmm. um, especially early on can be rather difficult. And I think the other thing I was thinking of when you said that was, you know, thinking back to when my kids were your kids' age, it seemed like it was easier to feed them healthier food <laughs> when they were <laughs> yeah. between the ages of two and six than they are now between the ages of 10 and 12. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely uh we have more chicken nuggets, dinosaur chicken nuggets than I care to say, but uh <laughs> but they're fed and they're happy and um you know they're they're thriving. So something's working. Something's working. <laughs> um one of the things that that I wanted to touch on that you mentioned is and it I think you know, I just kind of look for themes in, in having these conversations with people. And it seems like maybe one of yours is this making opportunities where there aren't any. Can you elaborate on, on that and, and dive in? Because I think 
a lot of people that that I work with um, in my family office, you know, that are you know maybe currently struggling with, you know, not knowing what to do. Um, you know, when I first sit down with with a family, I think uh, there's a stereotype of, of of what a financial advisor is or isn't, and a lot of it revolves around you know, numbers like, oh, you just pick stocks for me or you manage this, or you manage that. And, you know, really when, when I first sit down with a family, I focus more on the emotional side of financial planning than I do the financial side of it. And what I mean by that is I always start with trying to get a family to really understand their purpose uh, or, or why, and, you know, the supporting objectives that, that lean into that and then identifying, okay, if we have gaps, those become action items. And so you're going through a process like that is, I think, really a lot of the value that I add. I mean, you know, the other things I do from a finance standpoint are kind of table stakes, but it's when when you can get somebody to really identify what their their purpose is and then be able to tie that back to you know the decisions they're making financially, that's when you know, you know, coming back to my word harmony, that's when you know things become more harmonious. Um, but I think it's that that fear of not necessarily knowing like what your purpose is and then what those supporting objectives are. How do you how do you work through that? Or how did you work through that? Or how are you working through it now? Yeah, it's it it's exactly the same process for me. Um because when I like one of my things that is really important for me is financially contributing to my family's future, my family's success. And as we talked about, it's really hard to do that when you're moving every two to three years. And so, um, you know, finding what can I do to contribute? Like what opportunities are there to, um, to, to make money. And it's, for me, it was, I have to do that myself. I ha- There is no one company that I f- find interesting enough to uh, stick with for two to three years or would allow me to move. Um, and this was before COVID. So I had to create that for myself and see like what my passions are you know, working with creative people, what my strengths are, you know, the logical, analytical, strategic side, and how can I put that together? Um, there was a little bit of luck involved with with finding um, my boutique owner client and finding Shopify as as the platform. But being able to see where your strengths are and how you can create opportunities, where um you know something drops on your lap is is how i've managed and um i've and it was hard with the military they they always gave you the formula but another part of the leadership uh, mentality is you know being flexible and and allowing people to take autonomy um, where you can't micromanage everything. So this was, you know, my life telling me you knew you need to take that autonomy and and figure out where you can meet your goals with that all of this autonomy. <laughs> for for a parent out there, 
um, listening, what would you, what would be one or two pieces of advice, if you will, um, that you would give them to help? Let's see, not motivate's not the right word, but to really encourage them to to find their opportunities or you know be be open to opportunities that they may not be able to see in front of them. Um, you know, if, if there is something that you are truly passionate about or people that you really enjoy helping, just be open to exploring where that takes you. And it's taken me a very long time to get there. I've very much been a perfectionist. Um, you know, if I can't do something right, don't do it at all. But, you know, failing is growing. Um, you know, failing forward is something that I've learned to embrace. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to to fail forward. Well, Michelle, I think that's a, a really good way to to get to my my closing question. I ask all my <laughs> guests, at least the parents anyways, which is what is the best thing about being a parent? Um, I think it is learning something new every day, um, either learning something new about your kids, about your partner as a parent, if, if that's an option and learning about yourself as a parent. Um, you know, like, uh, my child came home and I didn't realize that he learned how to write smaller than, you know, six inch letters. And so I was like, oh, you can do that now. That's awesome. Or, um, you know, learning how to uh, regulate my energy throughout the day. That seems really hard, but, um, you know, 1% better every time. Like I, I've figured out, you know, different tips and tricks to, to get better. So um, yeah, definitely learning something new every day. Well, um, your company four tabs, we'll make sure that we have a, a link to the show note, show notes um, in there. And then um, any, anywhere on social media that, that you want to direct people to find your work and what you do. Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram at or tabs.design. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation and, and one uh, I'm sure everyone will, will take a lot of great information away from. Thank you so much, Paul. So here are a couple of my big conversation takeaways with Michelle. First is by creating opportunities for yourself, you need to start by identifying your strengths first. This allows you to help forge your own path to financial success, personal success, and basically just controlling your own destiny. And I think the other point that Michelle really emphasized was prioritizing what matters, focusing on the end goal rather than the rigid expectations, if you will, and being able to embrace both flexibility and autonomy. I think the other main point that I want to stress is that financial planning, which we talked about quite a bit, is not just about numbers but also about emotions. Understanding this purpose and aligning your financial decisions around it and creative supporting objectives accumulates or culminates, if you will, in clarity and helping to fulfill the life you want to lead. If you've enjoyed this conversation, could you do me a favor? 
Do you know anyone else who would enjoy these types of conversations where we talk about the intersections of our emotional and financial lives? Because if you do, it's actually going to help both of us. Could you share this conversation with someone? They will think you're great because you just gave them this terrific podcast and it helps me grow my audience. Or you can tell them to go to tamacapital.com. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time.